0: You're listening to Connecting the Universe from Mike Ricksecker and ConnectedUniversePortal.com. Everybody to edge of the rabbit hole here on connecting the universe. I'm author and researcher, Mike Ricksecker back at you along with my co-hostess as always, Victoria Monday and Alina moderating the chat. We have a fantastic guest coming your way this evening. Alim. Little- Emily Harrison, who heads up the Akashic Academy. Really looking forward to this. I was on her show here some weeks back. Now we're bringing her on to ours here on Edge of the Rabbit Hole. Uh, She also had a, what you would call a guest appearance in my book, Travels Through Time, discussing the Akashic Records and how that is related to uh, time and possibly time travel. So I'm looking forward to getting into all of these different topics with Emily tonight. So without further ado, Emily. Welcome.
1: Thank you. I am happy to have more time with you on the air. Like you said, we (laughs) hung out a few weeks ago over on my turf and I'm really honored that you're having me here and I get to meet your audience. Actually, say hello. I love to say hello and to interact with the audience. So say hello and let us know where you're tuning in from when you get here. And Victoria, it's so great to meet you and to be in your field too. Thank you both so much for having me.
2: Oh, it's so nice to meet you. I'm so looking forward all week to talking to you.
1: <laughs> good, good. Well, let's think dive in. I people are really I mean, geared up
0: for this one. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess just real quick for those who don't know, and many of our followers already are familiar with uh, the Akashic Records or kind of the basics, but for those that don't, can you just give us kind of a basic definition of uh, what the Akashic Records are?
1: Yes, the Akashic Records are the realm of consciousness that hold every detail about your life, about your soul, past, present, all potential futures. And this intelligence is recorded from a neutral perspective. Neutral meaning unconditional love and zero judgment. It's is, This is the way that God sees you, that source sees you. This also holds all of your highest potential. I feel like the Akashic Records are the number one most powerful tool for expanding our consciousness because they just work so gracefully with us to show us where we're blocked. These are the two big places that I love using the Akashic Records are where we're blocked and clearing that out of our way and then stepping into our highest potential into genius level creativity. And Mike might not use the same vocabulary as I do about tapping into the Akashic Records, but his book and the intelligence that he brings when he shares his gifts and genius is coming from that etheric realm, super conscious intelligence. So working with you, when you reached out and asked me to guest star, thank you. I have a history in Hollywood, by the way, everyone, before I tapped into the Akashic records. Yeah. I was an actress for 20 years, (laughs) which
0: I guess we should ask. Um, you know, how you made that transition from Hollywood to you know doing the uh, akashic record readings what what prompted you to do this
1: Well and this is a great time to get to know your audience as well I started getting really excited about metaphysics and the quantum field because in my acting career I realized I was a lot better in my head than I was in the acting audition room and so I needed to, hone my subtle energy body. I needed to get control of my nerves and my patterns and my behavior so that I could step into my potential. And that's when I started meditating, doing Tai Chi, Qigong, any kind of quantum exercise that helped me slow down, detach from the 3D matrix and really tap in with myself. So that, that was my motivation was I wanted to advance in my career and I felt stuck in these areas. So would just love to know from the audience what's like what's bringing you all into this space and why are you excited to grow and expand what's the catalyst for you
0: yeah absolutely so if uh, people want to go ahead and throw down there in the chat uh, yeah. what's what their interest may be and we have several people uh down there there's our chat moderator alina uh sarah Yusuf is in the house Yes. And Sarah's even relating, it sounds like the Akashic Records have a strong tie into stack time theory. So, um, and, and I believe that's true. You know, when we look at something like the uh, Akashic Records, you know, we're talking about eternal knowledge. And mm-hmm. with my, uh, the things that I propose there within the book, you know, it's, to me, time doesn't really exist. Everything is all concurrent. And so mm-hmm. that knowledge being eternal, this is something that, uh, you know, knowledge of the ancients knowledge of the future something that you know yes. we could tap into is that correct
1: well yes there's only now right mm-hmm. that's the only moment we have now and all of the collective timelines are running concurrently like you said for the human, that's a lot to grasp when we're showing up in our everyday life. So linear time makes sense when we are incarnating in a third dimensional experience. It's helpful for a lot of reasons. And it doesn't necessarily represent the highest level of quantum truth. My guides shared with me something. I think that this will be connected to the stack time theory, but that's that's your zone of genius. So I'll share and you can, you can let me know if, sure. if this fits in or not, right? So when I completed my own training in the Akashic Records, I, of course, had a million questions. I wanted to know about um, the pyramids and how the pyramids got there. I wanted to know what they did. I wanted to know about past lives. I had had people coming into my world saying, I think I was Jesus in a past life. And of course, at first, I thought that's very egotistical for, okay, you think you're Jesus. (laughs) So I asked the records, what's the deal with people feeling like they were the all these famous people in their past lives. Is that even true? And what the record, what my guides shared with me was that, first of all, it doesn't matter whether or not it's true. It's the power of the story that changes you. And I instantly thought about how the hero's journey is woven into our DNA as humans and how yeah. we write our own story here as we experience ourselves as creators. And I felt a lot of uh, alignment with that. And then they went on to say, Furthermore, and they talk to me in Hollywood terms, kind of like Mike does, saying I guess started his book. <laughs> My guides talk to me in Hollywood. Terms too. OK, and they're talking about these collective storylines. They're talking about the role of Jesus, the role of Kuan Yin, the role of Napoleon. We can talk about the good guys and the bad guys, right? The, the heroes and the anti-hero. Right. What the what the guide said is we're always casting a Jesus. The Jesus storyline is happening forward and backward and all at once and all at the same time. So for that reason, we're always needing souls to experience what that storyline, what that archetype really looks like. So regardless of if you've actually been Jesus before, you have experienced an archetype of being a savior, being in Christed consciousness energy. You've experienced uh, this archetype or I should say what we're experiencing now is a convergence of all of the archetypes. So can I find that archetype in myself right now? Can I find the villain archetype? Can I find the hermit archetype within myself? And can I draw upon all of those experiences that I've had outside of this localized reality in order to inform my experience here? So would that be an example of the stack time theory? yeah <laughs> it
0: would be no, no that that is uh no it's definitely fascinating because um within you know this idea of stack time theory uh all of your lives would be present because everything is right. concurrent so all of those archetypes that you have been at some point uh within there would be accessible to you
1: mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: victoria i know you're itching for some questions you always <laughs> are
1: come on victoria lay it on me Little old
2: me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have to make, where do I start? I, I didn't have time because, you know, I'm I'm trying not to be linear anymore. So I didn't get them prepared, <laughs> but oh, well. you could just show up and drop in in this moment. And just be like, all right, what's alive in my field that I want to know about? Well, first of all, why is the cat sitting on my foot? That's my first thing. I just came, <laughs> as soon as you came in, you know, the cat came and sat on me anyway. Um, he knows. Why well, also, pretty-
1: actually, there's an answer to that that's already flowing in. Uh, they that know. kitty is, yeah, they know, but they're also connected to and representing your lifetime as a star seed in Lyra,
2: that <laughs> feline
1: energy. Yeah, and there's an activation coming in tonight for you, not only from this call, this time together, but also magnified by this super blue yeah. There's, feels like there's one more moon in there there's there's it feels like there's one more adjective describing this big old one but it's a super blue full moon in mm-hmm. pisces so you're receiving an activation in your emotional body the guys are yeah. saying and at the cat, at 828 like, tonight <laughs> yes <laughs> okay yes That's, and your kitty cat is there just to help you be present to that energy and to ground that energy he is uh, getting off topic
2: but uh, this cat knows. Like I like Mike knows. I like to live in the woo woo. A lot of people are ghost hunters <laughs> and ghost chasers, but I'm a I'm in the woo woo. Um and he is in the woo woo as well. Um, anyway. Um why should people do you think learn about the Akashic records? I know why I I learned and when I learned and mm-hmm. people are like, "What? My mind like blew up." You know, because everything just started falling into place. And it was you know, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. I saw what I was doing and I, I found the message and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, okay. And then things started getting so much easier. But why, in your opinion, right. do you think people should find where they are in the Akashic Record field?
1: Because it opens us up to a higher level of awareness, just like you described Victoria, of being able to see the past lives, see the pieces, see the patterns, finally click, making sense. And while we have so many amazing healing modalities that are available to us here on the planet right now, when we take responsibility for healing ourselves, when we have the aha moments and the neural pathways shift, that's us taking ultimate responsibility for creating our lives. And it, it empowers us when we do it ourselves. It's like getting a boost at Jamba Juice, you get extra power for your journey you're manifesting here on the planet and i think the healing is more effective because you're participating it in this way where all of a sudden you understand we know from the seven hermetic principles that the universe is mental everything is created from a thought and so when you have a different thought or expanded awareness that we get in the akashic record you're already 10 steps ahead of the game where you were before. So that's, and that's really the place that we need to start in the Akashic records, because truly when you think about every detail of your past, present, future, and it's not just human souls. Mother Earth has an Akashic record. The galaxy has an Akashic record. The stacked time theory has an Akashic record. Relationships have Akashic records. So once we learn to tap into this library, this resource, we can begin to extract knowledge and missing pieces that are going to further our society. We get to tap into advanced levels of creativity and bring uh, technology to the planet, new medicine to the planet. However, you don't just get to get carte blanche access just when you (laughs) learn to go into the records. There's a self-purification stage And this is where we're truly healing ourselves in our lives. It's about learning to love ourselves unconditionally so that we can love others unconditionally. And all of our karma, I talk about karma in my curriculum as unlearned lessons. And we repeat our karma, these patterns over and over and over again. Those patterns are only here Well, one, they're here to help us learn, but they root in a false belief or an aspect of um, thought, emotion, and behavior that we are participating in that doesn't represent the highest truth. Usually because we don't love ourselves enough, fear, we fear, we have shame, we've got these lower density emotions, not only from our own experience here on the planet, but generationally. There's shame and oppression passed down through the DNA. Learned helplessness is a huge one. And so if we're going to have access to all of the power, all of the knowledge in the universe, it's imperative that we are acting in our highest good and the highest good of everyone connected to us. And the only way that that can be ensured is self-love. When I love myself, I see God in myself. I see God in you. And there is this, a higher level of humanity and compassion and enlightenment so that we can use this technology for good and, and not blow ourselves up with it like we have done in previous timelines, such as Atlantis. Yeah. yeah, let's not
0: do that. Let's uh, not do that
1: again.
0: Let's, yeah, let's not, real quick, we have a $10 super chat from oh. Tom McNicholas. He says, Have an exciting blue moon. Thank you very much, Tom, super chat superstar.
2: Uh, okay, so I have another tweak. That. Awesome. Um, Go ahead. I've always done my past lives, you know, um, and I didn't realize you could look into your future lives. Is that allowed? And isn't that kind of frightening because now you know where you're gonna go because that would take away your free will, But not it? Oh, 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 well. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I'm,
1: I'm excited for this because reverse engineering in the Akashic Records, the timeline that we desire to experience, is so fun. And it's easy to do. It's it's, a, it's another way to say manifest, it, right, is right. to reverse engineer a timeline. So what I feel to be true that my guides have shared with me is one of the biggest reasons that we choose a life here on planet Earth, and we incarnate here is to experience ourselves as the God goddess energy, the ultimate creators. So we're supposed to be creating y'all and we are Furthermore, every single one of us is creating in every moment, including right now, we are creating, we're participating in this dance with the etheric universe. And when we go through the process of clearing a significant amount of our karma, Victoria, and then we start feeling that desire to tap into our unique genius, the next question that comes up is soul mission. What is my soul mission? What am I here to do on the planet? And I realize looking back on my life, uh, I was built for this kind of journey. So before I was in Hollywood, y'all, I'll use my y'all here for you. I grew up in (laughs) town Missouri, 3,000 people on the Mississippi River. And growing up in that environment, really, um, I, I had to tap courage within myself to break out of those boundaries. And I lived the story that, feels like I'm someone else wrote the girl from the Midwest who gets off the bus in Hollywood. And I got my first movie by the time I was there in a month. And, and then I realized that I really wasn't that good. and I needed to start doing things that opened up my ability to step into my power, but back to just the, the storyline of coming from nowhere in particular that every man energy and saying, no, I'm going to seek more. For myself, I've always been that person that has felt like there's more to life. And yeah, yeah, once the metaphysics and, and the activation of my DNA really began to take over because I was meditating so much in Hollywood and I and I made that shift. That same part of me, all of those aspects of me that were present and alive and chasing my dreams in the Hollywood timeline are doing it in this new timeline in a different expression, in a higher expression. And Victoria, I would not have been able to accomplish as much as I've accomplished in the last seven years starting this academy if I hadn't used the Akashic Records to get crystal clear on what my vision was, learn to tap into that timeline and learn to hold the frequency, explore. It's almost like astral traveling into the future that I want to experience. And then I begin asking myself the questions to reverse engineer that you, you, they're actually great questions. You want to know them. They're the secret to reverse engineering (laughs) any goal and you won't ever fail again. The first question is what does success look like? You've got to define success. You've got to write it out and be crystal clear about what success looks like. Then you ask yourself, what steps do I need to take to get there? And if you outline all of those steps, and if you're an A plus student, then you'll give yourself the by when. You give yourself a deadline. But this is how you reverse engineer goals and dreams is simply by using this formula. Okay. That sounds too easy. (laughs) It is easy, right? (laughs) Okay.
2: I'm doing that now.
0: It's not exactly rocket science, but we do have, um, (laughs) well, we do have a lot of people asking, you know, like Wayne here, how do we access the records? And um, I, I know where you're going to go with this. And, um, oh, you know, you? it's going to be, I know, well, it's going to be yeah. meditation, <laughs> which is something I'm terrible at doing. It's like I'll meditate here for a day, meditate there for a day. Um, so, yeah, how do we access the records Every and day. I guess be disciplined about it?
1: Yes. Well, there are many different ways to access the Akashic Records. The methodology, it's important, but before I tell you the different methodologies on how to get in, what you need to know is the intention to hold in your heart. If you are looking for intentional access, there's unintentional access. If you are driving along and you've zoned out and then all of a sudden an inspired divine idea pops, oh, in, right sure. down, yeah. pops in, right, we're tapping in. Um, if In the dream state, often, People can spontaneously tap in. The challenge with the spontaneous tap-ins is sometimes we need information now. And right, but it's
0: still a, a type right of meditative away. state. When when we quote unquote zone out, it is a type of meditative state. It's not you know full because you still have to pay attention to the road, but right, it is to a degree.
1: Hundred
2: <laughs> percent have those bumps yeah. around the road, so you know when you hit them stop meditating. <laughs> yeah. oh, I have to
0: throw this <laughs> one out here. This is, this is Jennifer, uh, meditation, Michael meditation. It's a $10. Every super day. Chat, so thank <laughs> <you>. Every day.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, um, I'm, I'm excited to hear that you don't meditate Mike, because if, and when you find the type of occasion for you, stride, well, <laughs> we're just going to get so much more genius from your mind when you tap in. So you know, yeah. just just lighten a little fire underneath you there. Just a few minutes. No pressure. Uh, all right. When no. you want to <laughs> tap in intentionally to your Akashic Records, you want to be mindful of a few things. The first thing is you got to take responsibility for everything that you are creating. So whatever you're going to go in and ask about, why am I dealing with this X, Y, Z problem again? you must know that the guides are going to address you and your own patterns. You are in your Akashic records. This is about you. It's not about seeing why the other person behaving like such an a-hole over and over again. You cannot pass off the responsibility. The other thing is that we must be willing to see ourselves through that state of unconditional love and zero judgment. Otherwise, when our our patterns, our habits, the things that we want to shift and change are revealed, we can go into a shame response around that. And shame is the lowest vibrational frequency on the scale of emotions that we can feel. And shame keeps us very uh, oppressed. It keeps us able to be brainwashed and imprisoned. And you you don't want to bring more of that into your field. You truly have to be willing to learn to see yourself from a different perspective. So feeling into like that level of preparation, then you can go into the records in a variety of different ways. I actually learned through a method that was downloaded by Linda Howe in the 1960s. And it's not Linda Moulton Howe from Ancient Aliens. right? Right, It's it's Linda Howe from the Akashic Records. She downloaded a prayer called the Pathway Prayer that you can repeat part of this prayer out loud, part of it silently, and that will create the connection, the light bridge to the Akashic Records. When I finished that training and knew that I wanted to teach others how to access their Akashic Records, I felt my guides urging me to download a way to tap in with them and say, all right, well, how are the people who are here to learn with me in this lineage? How can I best guide them into the records? So that's what I did, tapped in and asked and information started coming into my mind. The way I do it, uniquely gifted to me by my guides, looks like creating, uh, or I should say, anchoring the crystalline tube of light. So bringing awareness to our crystalline tube of light anchoring it into the core of mother earth and then outside of this time space continuum into the akash so those are the points of where the energy is flowing in and supporting us shifting the consciousness into the heart space is really important because the brain is not designed to do the interacting in the akashic records you want the heart mind to be your interaction point so you shift the consciousness into your heart it's just imagining that happening I train my audience to imagine the consciousness as a crystal ball and like you bring the crystal ball outside in front of your face and then drop it down into the heart space and then reabsorb it in the heart. You can Just give yourself some kind of a visualization or directive to move the consciousness into the heart space. And then we sound five sacred ohms. The frequency of ohm prepares the body for communication. So it relaxes us. It puts us in a state of presence, and then it's all about asking questions and being attuned to the imagination of what flows back into your mind.
0: Fantastic! Oh, that's uh, extremely detailed. (laughs) I really appreciate. It's like (laughs) taking notes. Do you get it?
2: (laughs) Don't be a quiz later. Replay worthy. Yeah, watch again with your notes. Taking notes. Yeah. So when you uh, um, thank you for that. Sorry. When you um, connect with the Akash. Is that where you're getting the downloads in the center of your head? Is that where the information coming from?
1: For me personally, or? Universal be, you. Yeah. The universal you. It's yeah. different for all of us. And what will increase each one of our connection to the Akashic Records is beginning to build our own relationship with that space. So maybe for you, that's where it's coming in. I would say rather than judging, am I doing it right or wrong be based on where I think it's coming in or do I feel it coming in? Is Noticing our own experience and being gentle with ourselves, because some people their clairsentience or their ability to feel the energies moving might not be as advanced as their clairvoyance, their visual aspects. And so, when I say feel it, you feel the energy. Like I don't feel the energy. I don't think it's working. No, it's still working, even if we can't feel. So, having that grace and gentleness with ourselves to keep practicing. And what eventually happens is all of our clairs turn on. Most of us have one, maybe two dominant clairs. Clairvoyance is clear inner seeing. That's in your mind's eye, although it can also mean seeing auras or seeing shadows or lights in the peripheral. We see interdimensionally and through our peripheral. Mm -hmm. A lot of times so those are all aspects of your clairvoyance turning on audience is clear inner hearing sounds like you talking to yourself often which can be confusing when people start reading the records like how do i know that <laughs> this isn't me mm-hmm. sometimes it sounds like you and right. so as we begin to develop our own relationship we'll know we've got clair sentience which is clear inner feeling that can look like chills a lot of people call them truth bumps or goosebumps that we're getting that's a psychic sense they can it can also refer to sensation in the body so like when victoria was talking about feeling the energy come in it might feel effervescent or it might have a temperature to it that's all our clairsentience feeling other people's feelings when you walk into a room that's your clairsentience and then our claircognizance is our ability to know instantly it's like files come in we just all of a sudden have an awareness or a, a complete answer to a pondry. That we might have had. That's what a, a, a Claire knowing download looks like when it comes in. So the guides are just saying for everyone in the audience: tap in and just get clear for yourself what your dominant Claire is. When you know, put it in the chat for us. This will help you okay. begin to see. Yeah, when the Claires are happening. Sorry, the guides. I told you, Mike. It might be hard to get me to shut up. <laughs> <The> guides,
0: <laughs> no, you're good. I was just gonna. I was just gonna you piggyback go. on that. Say, hey guys. Okay. You know. okay. Put, put it down in the chat. So, yeah. but I liked um, what you said a few minutes ago about the, uh, uh, the brain and the heart connection, because there are, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people don't realize this, there are uh, neurites within the heart and they call it, you know, the, the little brain within the heart. So um, that, I really liked that illustration that you had posed there, uh, you know, that there's more within our body to be able to make these type of connections
1: yes we come wired with the abilities to do this it's just hasn't been valued in our society the information is potentially and in, i don't i don't feel so much in this this current now that we're in that this information is dangerous i feel very protected and excited and vocal to share with people but a lot of the light workers and healers that i work with talk about past lives of persecution where it's not safe to talk about this information. So we have had societies and generations and times here on this planet as of our recent past where this hasn't been a skill that is mindfully cultivated in our society. But that's coming back online now. And just like I got excited for you and meditation and, oh, there's there's more potential coming. (laughs) Society, we're that way too. And it makes me excited for where we get to go as we're bringing these esoteric arts back and we're learning to train ourselves in these ways.
0: Yeah, we're rediscovering this lost knowledge. It's a really fascinating time because there was a period of time where uh, it was almost taboo to talk about these things. And Mm -hmm. now we're we're free to do so really these days. Uh, I have a question here out of the chat. This is from Alina. She says, I have felt I have a soul mission here mm-hmm. since I was very young. Is it possible to have that inner knowing when you're still a little?
1: Oh, yes. I think that's for people who are lost, Alina. That's the first place I tell them to go is go back into your childhood and remember what lit you up as a child. And it may not be an exact interpretation. For me, I can remember I wanted to be an astronaut. So there's definitely that space connection and our extraterrestrial friends in the universe that's always been alive in me i can remember writing directing doing every single aspect of the puppet shows that i would do as a kid i would you know write the scripts and make all the puppets and put them up here and so it's always been a part of me yeah that's been a storyteller i I sat my animals up wanted to teach my animals so that there's that teaching (laughs) aspect so just go back to your childhood and remember where you felt the most alive in your playtime and that will be a clue for you
0: thank you alina i hope that helps
1: yeah let us know if that helps (laughs) if that's landing for you
0: So and then Wayne is asking about using crystals and stones. So would you oh, use yeah. those to help you access?
1: Yes. So my favorite crystal, and you, you don't have to have one this large. But oh it's my! for accessing. Your wow! Yeah. Yeah, and see that one is etched with oh, the sacred geometry, planetary sacred geometry. Oh yeah. Yeah, Victoria, <laughs> that one too. Woo, I'm feeling this one vibrating as I'm holding it. <laughs> so, selenite is a great crystal to help you hold connection to the Akashic Records. It's the one that I encourage all of my students and clients to get. It's soft, so if you drop it, it will probably break. Don't be sad. That's When I first started getting into crystals and... It does reawaken something from childhood of like having all of this, these special gems and jewels. And then inevitably you're going to drop one and break one. You're going to be really sad. That's okay when your crystals break, by the way, it's a sign that their soul contract with you is complete. And you can either use both halves in a different way, or you can bury them if you want to return them to the earth. Uh, But definitely play with crystals moldavite. Is an excellent <laughs> crystal for connecting with the Akashic records, but it's powerful. Y'all, Moldavite uh, comes from extraterrestrial origins. It first originated on this planet from uh, a Czech, I think it was a comet impact, right? Or a meteorite impact. Yeah, it was a meteorite impact
0: in Czechoslovakia because of the rich green earth that was there in Czechoslovakia when, um. It basically, it melted and crystallized. It took on those green properties. I actually have some in my living room.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wear one. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Victoria means business here.
2: Moldavite and Hermiker, so
0: Excellent. There we go. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I also like to do meditations with those crystals on the third eye. So oh, if any good. of you want to practice with some crystals on the third eye, you just lay down, put on your favorite meditation, and get it balanced on there. Are you familiar with the um,
2: gates? Of, uh, yeah, gates of ivory and the gates of horn. Like one's a, a true dream? It's like prophetic. Nope. Uh, I think it's I think it's gates of horn. I was wondering if that's a way you could maybe access your akashic records. Like when you're going to sleep, you ask um, for a dream that comes through the gates of horn.
1: Did you just make up a new way to get in the akashic records, Victoria? <laughs> no, it's not new. I was told. <laughs> Yes, practice. Play with that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I didn't know about that. And this is what it looks like to get the information and and you know have it start to drop in. And thank you for speaking that out here. Play with that.
2: Okay. That's that's yeah. how I usually go to sleep with my okay. meditation music.
0: <laughs> Very good. No, I like that idea. Uh Jenna's asking if we can get a list of these good crystals. <laughs>
1: Yes, take your pin out right now. Let's. Well, I'll just keep it simple. And Selenite and Moldavite. S e l e n i t e and Moldavite. M o l d a v i t e. Oh man, I just have bad flashbacks to being in the fifth oh. grade and getting out of the spelling bee, and I was just. Humili- <laughs> I got. I got out in the first round, and I was humiliated. So oh, I got no. sick and had my dad take me home. It's hard to find a real Moldavite.
2: Because there's a lot of fake fake moldavite out there, so if you find moldavite that's really
1: cheap, yeah, moldavite's pretty. expensive. Mold moldavite it is very is pricey.
0: Real moldavite one. is expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and I will just this is not a sponsored video, but I will throw it out there. A reputable <laughs> dealer in moldavite. Hold um, on, let me get a pen. They, okay. You, you need. You, you know I'm going to talk about yes, Rating's in. Dave, not only okay. yes, Yep. Mm. So, um see we also had i'm trying okay so alina uh commented back said makes a lot of sense to go back to when we were innocent so thank you alina yes and then uh tom was asking how to connect to your guides
1: oh all right well here, here's what they're preparing you, you can tell they're preparing to drop some knowledge can't you because i'm like i'm starting to adjust with yeah. world here <laughs> so Let's keep let's keep talking to hollywood metaphors here we're talking about okay. guides so when it comes to being in the akashic records i was taught that you have access to masters including ascended masters this also includes archangels uh master teachers teachers are light beings who are uh, lesson specific they come and go based on what we're learning our loved ones who have crossed and our guides our spirit guides, our angel guides, the ones that are assigned to us and with us from our very first breath to our last here on the planet. I also feel like I get downloads from source, from my higher self. And I started getting somewhat confused, started overthinking this idea. And so I took it into the records once and was like, all right, so really like, what's, which is me, which is my higher self, which is, tell me about this. And what the guide said was, it's all the same. Then they talk about being in human form and again, story and how story is so woven into our DNA and the idea of personification and perspective. Okay. So we incarnate into this 3d planet as separate reflections of the God personality, but we're all essence and reflection of the same bigger energy, but we express as separate for the sake of learning, for the sake of understanding our power and our creatorship here on the planet. But again, just like time isn't the highest truth, Emily Harrison as an individual unique person or soul or consciousness is also not the highest truth. I'm part of this bigger unity consciousness. And so Why do we take on this separation? Well, so that we can understand unique characteristics more dynamically, right? Same with Archangel Raphael. He has an energy signature of being a healer. So when Archangel Raphael comes forward or materializes for us or communicates with us in some way, we have a knowingness that there's healing happening, right? When Melchizedek, or the Merlin energy, or the Thoth energy comes in, that energy of the great mystery school. We have a knowingness, okay, this is higher intelligence of mysteries of the cosmos. So these different personifications help us to understand the nature of the information. It's almost like the information is taking on that consciousness so that we can recognize it, right? So when it comes to meeting with our guides, just have an intention and the guides the masters the teachers they they're all really the same energy coming forward to have a unique relationship and expression with you
0: are these so different guides different angels um are, are they okay we're talking unity consciousness are they different frequencies of the same consciousness then is that a way to look at it
1: yeah, I'm hearing, I'm hearing yes on that. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Just trying to wrap my head around, um, I mean, from the perspective, you, you know, the perspective I've been taking things lately. So from that perspective, cause to me, okay. So everything's, you know, energy, resonance, frequency, vibration. So mm-hmm. if you know, we're all part of a greater whole and we have that separation, uh, and, and, you know, different things that I talk about when uh, we see or interact with different parts of this universe, like the person right next to us might not be able to see it because we have our own, you know, personal resonance, frequency, and vibration. Correct. So, um, so that's why I was, you know, trying to understand, okay, are these other beings, entities, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're we talking about the same thing here.
1: yes i mean i think that my guides told me this one time and this is a really interesting one to wrap my head around but what the guide said was that everything is god so we would say unconditional love everything is is love vibrating at different frequencies in order to know itself so even the darkest most traumatic experiences that we could conceive of and have happened here on the planet. According to that theory that the guide shared with me, that is the energy frequency of love expressing in this very, what we would call a low dense vibration, but for the purpose of bringing back into wholeness or being that catalyst that motivates us back into that highest expression of love. I don't know if that answered your question, but that's what was alive in my field to share.
0: Okay. I mean, it's it sounds really, you know, the idea of everything is connected. Um, so, yeah, I, I I get it to a degree. <laughs> I might have to meditate on that.
2: Oh yes, double. <laughs> all righty, I have a question for you now. Okay, um, okay. If everything is connected, like it through a God consciousness, and it's all love. Would a and I was told that my um, archangels are Michael, Raphael, and Uriel. Would a light worker have different archangels than, say, a firefighter? Are they specific that that specific or?
1: Yeah, focused? I think they're. I think <laughs> they're definitely specific and associated with what superpowers are going to help us accomplish our mission in this lifetime. And teachers remember can come and go. So Archangel Michael might not traditionally be working with the firefighter, but for a specific lesson for that firefighter or if that firefighter was um, in a situation where they were protecting someone else and the energy of Michael showed up to assist in that, that would make a lot of sense to me. Well, isn't Michael like the number one guy? I mean, that's like
2: God's first command or something. First associate. I've heard that. Okay. I've, I've, I've heard that before
0: mm-hmm. okay all righty a question here from sarah she has many religions depict conflict of intention how do you reconcile that with the akashic records what role does free will play i know we talked a little bit about free will earlier but you might be mm-hmm. able to uh, touch on the rest
1: um uh, many re- wait can you put the question back up again yep i'll you... put the question sorry, sorry. Because I wanted to yeah really yeah. depict conflict of intention. I'm curious as to a little more of what you mean about that Sarah so just throwing that out there if you could say that ask me that again or say that again in a different way so I can get a different perspective on it because I feel like there's something really important in there. I will talk right. about though religion and the Akashic records and how my own personal experience was reconciled. I grew up in that small town, Missouri. Suppressed, suppressed, all up in the Southern Baptist church. Going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. I went to Bible camp in the summer, and so this was real. Oh well, I I'll, I'll tell you the whole truth. I'm also a Gemini, and I was definitely very rebellious. So I was a good girl on wow. the outside, going through all of these, you know, protocols, and then. Doing whatever I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, b- behind the scenes. <laughs> I, I I'm known in town for getting caught sneaking out of my house. So, uh oh, that's that that income. There, there's my real childhood for y'all. There. <laughs> um, okay, but back rebellious to
0: rebellious streak.
1: Yes, um, but back to the paradigms that I bought into from growing up very religious made me feel like. Any kind of psychic skills like that, that's borderline blasphemy. I asked for forgiveness many times for playing the Ouija board with my cousins out under the magnolia tree. We would sneak it out there because feeling like, oh, this is an abomination to God and and this isn't what we're supposed to do. So for me, as I began to study the Akashic records and use this in my everyday life, there would be guides that would come forward and I would work with or walk with for a certain amount of time and just talk with and ask questions. And there have been places along my journey where Yeshua, where Jesus has been very present with me. So I began just asking him about this. And what he reminded me of was the stories of where he in Christ in consciousness would be very psychic and would perform miracles. He would walk on water. He would multiply the loaves. He would raise people from the dead. And what I felt I was hearing and I feel to be, wow, that's a really crazy interpretation, but it feels right to me is that the second coming of Christ of Jesus is when All of our twelve strands of DNA come online, and we are in Christ consciousness as He was, and we will also be able to perform those type of miracles. So the quest to be Christ-like now meant something completely different to me. And now that I had that new paradigm through which to explore my own God self, my God consciousness, because I feel like that's that would have been very dangerous to explore myself as a god or a goddess in that old, you know, according to religion or that old paradigm, it makes us incredibly powerful. Right. But so for me, it was shifting my perspective and opening up to a different interpretation of how to have a relationship with God or Jesus or the Holy spirit or Archangel Michael or source or your higher self or whatever, whatever character you cast in that role, because that's in essence what we're doing, right. Is we, we assign meaning and value based on our experience and sure. yeah that's complete
0: yeah yeah absolutely um okay so Sarah uh tried to uh oh a conflict of god and, and, and the devil yeah
1: well I find that all through metaphysics in terms of duality and light and dark yeah so depending on what you know just how you are interpreting it it's everywhere the reason that we see so much darkness in our world isn't because, meh, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my guns here. Go for it. it. It isn't because we are oppressed and powerless. It's because we are making that choice to give our power away and not stand in our full authority of who we are and what we came here to create and the reason that darkness is still out there is because there's darkness within us there there there's aspects of um, our own patterns that are that still exist in our subconscious which means below our awareness so as we are bringing the darkest shadowiest parts of ourselves to the forefront and we're meeting and greeting this part of our personality that's here to teach us and like with, with that grace, with that acceptance, that self-love, that's when we will see a resolution of all the darkness and the oppression and the Kabul and whatever else, whatever other label you want to put on it. It's all personal responsibility to do the work within ourselves. So when you ex-
2: access the Akashic Records and you find what needs fixing, isn't that the same thing as doing the shadow work? Because that's a very hard dark part of life is accepting that, you know, you have this darkness in you and you have to overcome it.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I feel like how I defined karma earlier as an unlearned lesson, not everybody would define karma that way, right? Shadow work, I would define as disassociated parts of ourselves. So 100% going back into past lives and finding or or in our past in this life and finding Mm -hmm. our own darkness. I would definitely call that shadow work. Maybe not every healer out there would categorize it quite the same, but I would call it that. Yeah,
2: because thats it's hard looking at yourself in the mirror and realizing,
1: well, I really need to work on that. You know? <laughs> But once you do. Yes. Yes, you're right. The guides talked about that in not this week's Akashic Answers with Emily, but last week's, and they brought through an activation of grace. Oh. And it had to do with looking at yourself in the mirror and beginning to invite more of this graciousness into your experience, because that is a pitfall for so many people. As we go, and st- even stops a lot of people from going on this journey of self exploration, is they're afraid of what they're going to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But that's yeah, part a lot of, of people don't like looking in the mirror like that. Yeah, well,
2: that's what Snapchat's for. Puts filters on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. Augment your reality. Um, So you mentioned Akashic Records with with Emily, uh, which is something you're doing weekly. So let's you know talk about what you have going on here. Uh, So I have up here, if I can find the right tab, your um, your workshop you have coming up.
1: Great timing. Yes. That we have this. So this is yeah,
0: September 11th to the 14th.
1: Yes, and I'm excited to. Cordially invite each one of you who are watching live and on the replay to join us September 11th through the 14th for the What's Next workshop. You do need to sign up for this workshop, and yes, there will be replays. In this workshop, I am going to every single day take you into your Akashic records and begin to help you remove the aspects of your life that are standing in the way from you knowing what's next because. Spoiler alert, you actually already know what's next in your life. The What's Next workshop is designed to help you get clear about soul direction. What are the best next steps, whether you're moving in to a new project, whether you're at a crossroads in your life, whether you feel like you are caught up in the same old karma, you're in a rut and you are craving something more and something different. Just like we've talked about many times on this broadcast and Alina brought into our field about having this mission and purpose that we know when we're a kid, you already know it. All I'm going to help you do during that week is strip away the aspects of your life that are preventing you from seeing clearly what it is you're here to do and give you tools and the empowerment to create that map for yourself moving forward. It's such inspired training that came in from the Akashic Records Earlier this year, and we've been doing this as as one of our signature seminars, and the transformation that is happening in people's lives, what they're seeing as possible for themselves, and then finding the courage to take action on is changing the game for so many people. And I'm excited to share that with your audience, Mike.
0: That's fantastic. I do have the link down in the description of this show. Uh, but, again, here are the dates. It's a free four-day workshop, and this is an hour each day is what we're looking hour at. Hour each
1: right? day. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And for those uh, listening to the podcast later, uh, the link is? Or can they just get to it through the Akashic Academy? Is the link there on your site?
1: Yes. Yes, it is.
2: <laughs> the AkashicAcademy.com.
1: Right, well. You might have to explore just a little bit but go explore we've got an awesome free resource page too that has great downloads PDFs can teach you how to do really cool things so yeah just go explore okay, okay. I have to ask okay. did yes. you pick those go ahead. did you sorry
2: did you pick those dates specifically because there's something astrological that happens those days no not
1: on purpose but there probably <laughs> is something happening because I notice, and I shared with Mike this morning, I just reached out and said, I'm excited to see you later. And what an auspicious day, such a powerful day. Yeah. I don't ever do that intentionally and find often that intuitively it's just aligned in my field to show up and to create and to help people shift and transform. I, do you know it? Do you yeah. know the secret that I don't know? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what
2: is it? Mercury and Venus are going forward then. Um, They're just starting. So Mercury, the planet of communication, Venus, the planet of expansion.
1: Yeah. And love. Yes. (laughs) Yes. My guides are in charge. My guides and Kathy, my executive assistant, are totally in charge of the schedule. I just throw out visionary ideas. That's the universe for you. Right. That's
0: universe (laughs) aligning. Yeah. Yes. So for everybody that is watching and listening later, this is definitely the week that you want to sign up for. So I will uh, post it up here one more time. Here it is.
2: I'm excited. Listen, I,
0: I should have put the link on on here too, but it's down in the description. The What's Next on, four day workshop. Yes,
2: it's on your um, Facebook page too. I see it a lot. It is. Yes, it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So all right. So we had um, see another question here from uh, Sarah come in, and uh, she asks, "Is generational healing possible? Can the Akashic yes. records be rewritten?"
1: Yes, oh, you guys are asking <laughs> great questions. Okay, yes. a question. generational healing is possible. And it's part of our responsibility as, as we wake up and we recognize where we've created some ripples here and we've participated in some things that need to shift on the planet. It's important that we do our due diligence and clear out the ancestry forward and backward through time. When I'm training people in the Akashic Records, there's an online training course that I created when I first started doing this work and it's gone through various incarnations and updates since, but the core training in the Akashic Records is there. It starts with how you read the records, like creating a modality and and a connection, a trust with the records. Then we go through the karma clearing, that self-purification stage. And in that process, we focus on, ancestral clearing and healing. Victoria and I had a moment to chat behind the scenes too here before we started. And we were talking about that ancestral healing that can be done in the Akashic records. So yes, that happens. And can we rewrite the Akashic records? Yeah. I mean, depending on how you look at it, I don't think any information is ever fully erased because we need to be able to to use this resource to go in and get intelligence about things that happened, such as the Atlantean civilization where a lot of the records here on the planet were erased. We can go into the records and we can access that. However, we are healing and rewriting the timelines of Atlantis. I work with a lot of visionaries and like scientists, technicians, um, engineers who are creating technology. A lot of them have had past lives in Atlantis and they're bringing that technology back. So through the Akashic records, I will take them back into those lifetimes and we will heal aspects of stuff that went wrong when we had that much power before. (laughs)
0: Let me ask you this. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. We're talking about generational healing. Um, on the physical level, uh, within our DNA, we have g- genetic markers uh that are placed, you know, from our ancestors, different patterns, behaviors, these sorts of things, as long as those things were in place before your ancestor or yourself was begat for lack of a better term. <laughs> um so if we were to try to fix something generationally, uh it, within our, I guess, physical being now because of those different genetic markers that are in place in the DNA. Would we have to find a past life in which we may have interacted with that particular ancestor?
1: We can, and it can be helpful if somebody is drawn to that kind of exploration. But with everything being connected, Mike, we can also find aspects of our life right now that are reflecting that same pattern and just work with the pattern in the now moment as it's presenting. But the interesting thing is when we do this kind of work that I mean, you could look at it as rewriting the Akashic Records when we go back in time and we heal a certain aspect of ourselves or a timeline that we were in it. Has ripple effects forward and backward through time, the guides say.
2: Right.
1: Now, they've also made a connection in my awareness to the mandala effect, which yeah. is where we're remembering different timelines or different truths in sure. different timelines, right? Was Nelson Mandela killed in prison or did he get out alive? Um, we've got, you know, the Berenstein Bears, the Kit Kat, we could go through all of the things. But what the guides show me is that. That's evidence that we are time traveling back in time and shifting things as, as, as more and more of us are seeking this past life healing or healing ourselves. We are bringing quantum energy, which is data, it's information, it's awareness, it's intelligence, as we are using our technology to project the God energy, right? So we're basically putting more God energy into this timeline that wasn't fully healed and healing it. And so that has ripple effects that we see in our modern day now
0: correct yeah no i am totally i totally agree with that and you know you have the book um yeah when it comes to the mandela effect the paradoxes uh it's to me it's I, i find it funny people have try to discredit the fact that, you know, paradox could possibly happen just because of math, you know, the, the math would be zero. So it can't possibly happen. But like you said, we see those ripple effects play out. And that's why mm-hmm. you know we have a lot of these different memories of, you know, other possible timelines. So uh, yeah, that's fascinating. We have, we're coming right down toward uh, the end here. No. So for the, I know it went by quick uh, for those that are Uh, members of the connected universe portal. Of course, we're going to have the after show uh, for a few minutes there with, uh, and Emily will be with us for a little bit uh, with that. Uh, For those that are, are not, we will have to bid adieu, but please uh, feel free to look into uh, the connected universe portal, uh, become a member out there. A lot of uh, great information, uh, behind the scenes videos, you know, the full, uh, full classes and, so much material out there, so I really encourage you to connect to universeportal.com. Uh, but Emily, uh, one last time, uh, can you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you and what you have coming up and so forth? Plug. Plug yes. away.
1: Get, get in touch at the akashicacademy.com, our website, and please accept my cordial invitation to join me, members of my tribe, and much of your community. We're going to be sharing this with uh, the communities of visionaries and thought leaders. So expect a really powerful group of beings who are ready to transform to hold space for you there in the What's Next workshop. This is designed, again, to bring forward clarity around your soul mission in this lifetime and to help you find direction to move in alignment and towards those goals, those things that your soul came here to accomplish in this lifetime.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Emily. Uh, for Victoria Monday, I'm Mike Ricksecker. Again, after show for the members. Everybody else, enjoy your evening. Till next time, time really exists.